This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. Hey, Life Church, looking good? Transforming practices. What we repeatedly do is who we become. So when we keep doing something, that's what we, that's what we become. We've used the phrase, there is no formation without repetition. So we can't become something unless we repeatedly do those things. And so we're encouraging you to learn some good principles and practice them. To practice the practices. To learn those things and to do them. And uh, today we're going to look at the practice of confession. Oh, a couple of oohs. <laughs> and I believe we're going to be helpful to us. To get, I'm going to get some people really, people are going to really be helped this morning, going to be released, going to be uh, moved forward. And confession, when we talk about confession, sometimes we say, well, I felt better because I got that off my chest. You know, kind of, I was carrying this guilt or I was carrying this particular thing. And, and once I got it off my chest, there was kind of a weight was lifted. And, uh, you know, in a sense, you can feel better when you get something off your chest or the weight lifted off your shoulders. But when we're talking about confession in this context, as a Christian, it's much more than feeling better. It's a transformation that we become better and become more like Jesus. So I, I, I honestly say, I want you to feel better, but much more than that. Much, much more than that. Good idea if you go to church feeling better than you did when you came in. That, that'd work, eh? That works for me. Hopefully works for you. We're not the kind of church that really likes to give people a hard time, put them down. And I'm a miserable sinner and, and uh, I'll come back next week and be told the same. No, we want to lift you. <laughs> we want to help you. So you can see that you, you, me, we can be transformed by these practices. So for Christians, it's more than a feeling. Confession takes us to more than a feeling. It's a transformation. So scripture that you may be familiar with in 1 John 1 verse 9, which talks about confessing, and it tells us that when we do this to God, that we are transformed. It says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So just leave that scripture on the screen if you would please. So if we confess our sins, our mistakes, the offense, the things that we've done wrong, if we confess them and say, God, I'm sorry, I want to change, God will forgive us and purify us from all unrighteousness. Unrighteousness is everything that is unlike God. God's perfection, everything short of that is unrighteousness, the things that we do that's against what God wants us to do. And if we confess our sins, God doesn't just make us feel better, he transforms us, he purifies us from all unrighteousness. So that's the greatest of all transformations when we pass from death to life. When we confess our sins and ask God to be our saviour, Jesus doesn't just do something for us. The Bible says by his spirit, God lives in us. 
So it's a phenomenal thing. It's not just feeling better, but it's being transformed by a God that is resident with us. And the Bible says he never leaves us or abandons us, forsakes us. He never does it. Once he's here, he's staying. He's taking up residence in our hearts and in our lives. So that's the ultimate, for me, transformation. When we become Christians, God lives in us and gives us the power to change from the inside out. So confession is a transforming practice, the ultimate transformation when we pass from death to life. Christians believe that when we become alive in in Christ, we'll actually never die. We just keep on living. We won't be in these bodies, we won't be on this planet for for a while perhaps, but we keep on living because of what God has done for us. So confession leads to forgiveness, and without confession there is no forgiveness because it says if, notice that in in 1 John 1, 1 John 1 verse 9, 1 John, that's it, I've got it, 1 John 1 verse 9, it says if, it starts with if. The if's there for a reason, if we confess. So that would su- suggest to me, and, and clearly, that if we're not prepared to do that, we can't be forgiven. So we want to understand that confession leads to forgiveness. Without confession, there's no forgiveness. We would like to think that God would just forgive everybody. It'll, all, it'll all be all right in the end. But actually what the Bible says, we have to ask for forgiveness. And so there it is clearly in the scripture. So all unrighteousness, all our God-likeness. God is faithful and just, and at the heart of God is a desire to forgive and forget. How about that? At the heart of God, he wants to forgive us, and he wants to forget what we've done. It was love that took Jesus to to the cross, not anger. Think about that. It's very important. God's not looking for ways to be annoyed at you. God's not looking for ways to punish you. God's looking for ways to bless you with his love and forgiveness. And if you think about it, when a, a few weeks ago when I started the series and I talked about worship being a transforming practice, I made the statement that I believe God is actively looking for worship. worshipers. says that in the Bible. But I also believe by the same token, God is actively looking for people to forgive. How about that? That's the story of the gospel. The good news about Jesus is God is actively on the lookout to forgive. So if you feel unforgiven, great news for you this morning. God wants to forgive you. If you've messed up this week, big style or in a small way, God wants to forgive you. He's ready to forgive you. So that, 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 that encourages me, that, that strengthens me to know that that's actually who God is and what God wants to do. On the cross, Jesus took on himself all the sin and suffering of mankind, motivated by love, not anger. Not to be a bring judgment against us, but to bring love and forgiveness to us. He took all the pain of our past, present, and future. What he achieved makes confession and forgiveness possible. On the cross, Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? And that wasn't an admission of defeat. That was something that God was saying, actually, I've accomplished something. Because when he said he was felt forsaken, that was the ultimate identification with us. Jesus identified with you and me because he was separated from 
his father. He understands what it's like to be separated from his father. And before we became Christians, that's how it was for us. We were separated. We were helpless, hopeless, on our own, apart from God. Jesus identified with that very clearly. It was a moment of triumph, the cross, not weakness. But he clearly identified with us. And that's so good. God's not just up there somewhere and doesn't really know what it's really like for for me and you. No, Jesus lived amongst us. He understands. He went through the same temptations that you and I do. He went through the same frustrations that you and I do. He had the same anger towards him and perhaps infinitely more than any of us experience. So don't, don't, don't think he doesn't understand. But the ultimate identification with us was on the cross when Jesus hung there and he knew what, what it felt like. The Bible puts it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. It's, it, it's quite an extraordinary scripture, this, when, when you read it, it, but it just shows you the weight of actually what happened. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Can you do something about the feedback? Thank you. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So God put on Jesus all of our sin. He made him to be this offering for sin, the sinless offering for sin, the only one who could be the sinless offering for sin. But he actually putting all that sin on him, the Bible describes it, that he made him to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. All our unlike godness, our unrighteousness, we exchanged for God's righteousness. We don't become so good that we are righteous. No, God puts his righteousness on us. Not what we have done, not what we've worked for, but what God has placed on us. Jesus took on all the evil powers and, and he took them all head on and he won a phenomenal victory for us. So when he said it's finished, it's done, it's over. I've achieved what I have set out to be. I've, God, why have you forsaken me? I, I, I'm in a state where I understand the abandonment of humanity, but God, it is finished. So Jesus, when he said it's, it is finished, the task was complete. And his, sac- his sacrifice transformed us so that we wouldn't just feel better, but that we would be better. You know, sometimes, you know, let's be honest, as Christians, we sometimes feel better than others. Sometimes things are going well for us, and sometimes we face, like, massive challenges, and you think, you know, this is, this is a bit difficult, this is a bit tough. But when, you know, if you wake up in the morning and think, you know, do I feel like a Christian today? Do I feel... Uh, born again? Do I feel saved? Do I, do I feel uh, justified? But it's not about how you feel. It's a bit like, you know, if I think, I don't feel very British today. I, I feel a bit Spanish. Right? Or, 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 or whatever. You know, I've got a little bit of a tan. Maybe I could pass for someone from the Mediterranean. What? No, it's not. I've got a, I can have a look at my passport. It says I'm a British citizen, so it must be true. Do I feel married? Do I feel married? Well, my wife's been not, not as nice to me this week as usual. Uh, this, 
It's an example. It's not true, right? I'm just... It's fantastic. But I've got a wedding certificate, a marriage certificate that says I'm married. I've, I've even got a DVD of it. <laughs> eh? Now, if you can see it on screen or on the internet, it's, it's definitely true, right? No, not necessarily. But I was there, and I knew what happened as we made promises to each other. So I'm married, and I'm a British citizen. So I'm, these things I know, right? These things I absolutely know. And so it's not about feeling, it's about who we are. And we need to, we, we need to come to maturity so that we understand, irrespective of whether I'm feeling up here or down there, or life's great, or life's not very good, or, or shocking, I'm still a child of the King. Because I've confessed my sins and He has made me righteousness. So confession is a transforming practice. When we confess, we are forgiven. And it's God's ongoing work of forgiveness in our lives. Because how many know that when you become a Christian, following that, you will make mistakes, right? You might be the exception. But most of us in the room would agree that we still sin, we still make mistakes, we still show selfishness, we still, we still mess up, we still maybe get angry or, or, or greedy or, 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 or whatever. We still carry stuff like that. So what we learn to do is that confession is a transforming practice so that we learn that as quick as we possibly can, we say, God, I'm sorry, and get it dealt with right away. Now, communion is a great, great example of that. When we're going to break bread at, at, at the end of the service today, and we did last week, and the great thing about that is we can come to God and say, God, I messed up perhaps in this area, I'm sorry, God says, you're forgiven, and we move, on, we move on. Now, we don't have to wait till we have communion. We should do that on a, on a daily basis and keep a short account with God and, and, and a short account with other people as well. When we offend somebody, let, let's, let's apologize. Let's put it right. Let's apologize even if it isn't our fault. So with that, just, just a thought. Um, so we can do that, can't we? We, we? we can confess and we can get things dealt with. So the transforming practice of confession is that when we became a Christian, we confessed our sins and God forgave us. When we sin as a Christian, we just keep a short account. And so what happens if I forget to say sorry for something? What happens if there's something I did back in 1975, well, that more than 50% of the congregation because she weren't born then. But just imagine, if I forgot, I forgot, oh no. When I stand before God, we say, ah, got you. It's 9.75, Tuesday afternoon. No, God's not like that. God is a loving father. So he's not looking for ways to punish, and punish us. He's not waiting, trying to get us to, to trip up. You know, my grandson, as he's been learning to walk, we remove obstacles out of the way. We don't put obstacles in his way and thought, if we video that, we might get 250 quid off you being framed. <laughs> no, you take obstacles out of the way. And as, as a young Christian, God's, God's, God's doing more than that than we can ever imagine, right? Way more than we can ever imagine. But he's not looking for us to trip up. He's strengthening us to live well and to succeed and do a great deal, you know. So don't worry about stuff like that, but confession and forgiveness are realities that transform us. This is a room full of transformed and being transformed people. 
None of us would say we're absolutely there. I hope you wouldn't because you've got a pride issue right there that you need to confess. But we're, we're a work in progress. And, and thank God, I'm not who I was. Thank God, there's still some work to be done. I want to be that person that God, you created me to be and you want me to be. We're a work in progress. So for many people, you have a story, a testimony of what God has done for you in your life and your transformation is ongoing. And it's wonderful. Some people, you know, come, come to faith and, and their lives are, 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 are broken down. Perhaps many of us, that's not true, wasn't true. But we just see how God has transformed us in our attitude, in our actions, in, in so many different ways. That's a transforming practice. When we confess, that process continues. If we confess our sins, he is faithful. That means he never, ever doesn't do this. And just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all righteousness. Purify, cleanse, purge from all ungodliness. Ungodlikeness. Not sure if it's a word. It is now. So without the cross, that wouldn't have happened. It couldn't have happened. God started the process, his plan for you to be reconciled, to be in relationship with God, started by what he did by sending Jesus to the cross. But without the cross, the process of confession could only be psychologically therapeutic, right? Now, when you, 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 you confess and when you own up to something you've done, that can be therapeutic. Think, oh, I've got it off my chest, as I said at the beginning. But that's getting something off your chest. But when confession of our sins, it's a complete transformation. Just want to keep on emphasizing that we pass from death to life. We're not the person we used to be. We are someone brand new in Christ because of what God's done for us. That's what happened. Not just therapeutic, psychologically therapeutic, it's much more than that complete change in relationship with God. Confession is a means of our healing and transformation, and it's a means of a relationship being renewed, a new relationship with God. So it's part of a process. It is a transforming practice. So we confess our sins. We say sorry to God, and we keep on doing that, but, you know, we do that to God. We don't, we don't need a, a priest. We, we, we don't need a, a pastor to do that to. We, don't, we confess to God and he heals us. The Bible says 1 Timothy 2.5, for there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. One mediator, one person in between you and the Father, direct access through Jesus. We don't need anybody. But the Bible also talks about confessing our sins to each other. Now, this is not a, a nosy person's charter, right? So this is not an opportunity for you to have some information about somebody. What it is, is a situation where there's a level of trust between you, and you can turn to another Christian, uh, someone you trust, and say, look, you know, I'm really struggling in this area. Will you pray for me? That's what it, that's what it means. In James 5.16, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So what that's all about is, let, let's imagine in our, in our small groups, in our life groups, you, you, you're surrounded by people you can trust. You can say, look, 
I'm struggling in this area. Would you pray for me? Or perhaps someone that's a Christian friend who you spend time with, who, who is a positive influence in your life, who encourages you in the Word and say, look, this is, a, this is an area, uh, you know, it, 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 it's anger or it, 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 it might be a number of things, right? But we can gain strength by confessing this challenge and having someone else stand with us and pray for us. It's not about having information about people. And you need to know this person is, you know, can handle, is, is confidential and, and a person of integrity. But we can help each other by sharing. Sometimes we just think, I, I won't admit to any weakness, right? Because what will people think about me? If I won't admit I'm struggling, if I, don't, if I admit I'm struggling in this, in this area, people kind of write me off and, 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 and not want to have much to do with me. That's not what, it's not it at all. All of us have areas where we struggle. Absolutely. All of us have challenges. We need to pray about them. And it's good that we have a level of accountability in our lives where we've got other people who can encourage us and maybe speak into our lives and say, hey, you know, that, you need to deal with that. Not in a judgmental way, but to help people. That's what that is when it talks about confessing to one another. In, in acts of mutual confession, we release the power that heals. The power of transformation. Be quick to confess your sins to the Father and to one another. And I just want to talk for a few moments also about confessing God's Word. So really think this can help you. This morning when we sang those songs, we were singing truth from the Word of God. We were confessing who we believe Jesus is. That was an act of confession. Right now, I am confessing the Word of God. Because when I preach, I'm actually believing that this, the Bible is true and the words of God are true. Sometimes the words that the preacher might say might take away from the strength of the, uh, the Bible. And I'm trying, doing my best not to do that. But I am confessing that I believe the Bible to be true. Many of you, when you were baptized in water, you made a public confession that you believe what was actually happening when you were baptized. That was a public confession. Now, sometimes when people talk about confessing the Word of God, they think it's kind of a bit of an extreme sort of Christianity where people are, are denying reality. And the problem with, with, with sometimes in Christianity is we can have these extremes and we throw the truth away because of the extreme. But let's come back to what the Bible actually says about who you are. Who are you? Well, you're definitely a child of the King. According to the Word of God, which is, which is actually more powerful than my passport or marriage certificate, it's the Word of God. Stands has stood the test of time. So that tells me who I am. Who we believe God is, we sang that. You are the Lord Almighty, outshining all, etc. Because uh, I forgot the rest, rest of the words. But we confess that. We confess that. And, you, you know, many of us were, were really were believe it. We believe what we're singing. We believe in this. If you don't believe it, perhaps not the best idea to sing it. But we were confessing. That was an act of confessing of the Word of God. And he said, well, it wasn't, you know, chapter and verse. No, but there were truths from the Word of God that we were confessing. So the team, our, our, our 
the band that they were helping us to do that, to confess the Word of God. Preaching is an active confession. I confess that I believe. He's, he's what Jesus said, what happens if we preach, if we, con- if we confess the Word of God. So, that's what I'm doing right now, I'm preaching, and that's what you do when you, you share your faith with somebody. You're confessing that you believe that God's Word is true. This is what happens according to Jesus. Mark 16, 15. Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and baptized will be saved. The disciples went everywhere and preached, and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. So Jesus said, if you carry the word, I'll confirm the word with signs following. So so rather than us seeking what we need to see more uh, people healed, and and, and I believe that, and we need to see more uh, kind of manifestations of, of, of things, but often we miss what's actually happening and when we're looking for those things. What we, all we need to do is to be faithful to what God's asked us to do and keep on preaching the word of God. Now, you know, if we, if we were just prayed for people to become Christians, and prayer is vital, right? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying it isn't. But if we only prayed but didn't carry or didn't confess the word, then the praying is, 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 a, is all, it's not, not pointless, but it lacks its power if we're not prepared to be doers of the word of God and to carry the word of God. So I want to encourage you to carry the word of God. I don't mean, you know, have a Bible under your arm 24-7. We can have the Bible on our phones, uh, phones or, or whatever. Anyway, so we, we don't need... We, it's not about Bible bashing. You know, when you share your faith, generally, the, less, the few words you use, the better. Have you found that? Because in our lives, we are, we're confessing who God is. So I'm confessing every day that I believe God to be true. When I wake up, I know that God is my Savior. I know that I'm the child of the king. I know that if God is for me, there is nobody that can be, survive to be against me, succeed in being against me. Because that's what the word of God says. That's my daily confession, that God is at the right hand of the Father, interceding. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, interceding for me, making my case for me. I know that. Romans 8, 31. If God is for us, who can be against us? That is a positive confession of the Word of God. I've got a few more, a few more scriptures perhaps to uh, remind, you, remind you of. Wonderful scriptures that tell us who we are in Christ. In it just, it just helps us when we confess that. It says in Psalm 27, 3, Though an army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. So confession, just quickly, confession dispels fear. If God is for me, who can be against me? I'm not afraid. Isaiah 41, 10, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Now, if someone says to you, don't be afraid, but you're terrified, it's not necessarily a big help, right? So, don't be afraid. Oh, cheers. But when you're able to say, don't be afraid, because I'm with you, I'm supporting you, 
I'm standing with you. I'm practically seeking to help you through this challenge. That's completely different. And when God says, don't be afraid, he says, don't be afraid because I am with you. And that's, that's just massively different. And when we say, well, yeah, God, but I'm afraid and, and I'm struggling and, and I'm weak. And God says, uh, don't be weak. No, he says, I will strengthen you. So that's the reality that we have in Christ. God is for us. 1 John 4 verse 4, the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So God in us is greater than anything. Confession dispels fear. Confession increases faith. You know, if you say you can't do something, chances are you'll never achieve it. Now, okay, now if I said to Trish right after church, I'm not coming home for my lunch because I'm going to swim the English Channel um, and I'll see you later. You save, save, me, save me tea. Now, she will know that I am not a strong swimmer. So if I was to attempt that, I wouldn't achieve it. So there are some things I can't do, right? In my own strength, I can't do them. Now, if it was a child, when a child says to you, I can't do whatever, you encourage the child to say, come on, you can do it. You can walk, you can ride that bike, you can whatever. You encourage, encourage, encourage them so that they will do those things. And that's what God is. And that's who God has asked us to be, to be massive encouragers for people to strengthen their faith. Many Christians, although they're sincere, are weak, Because they do not confess who they are in Christ. Confess who you are in Christ. Now, you you don't got to walk around, you know, the streets saying, I'm a child of the King, God is for me. But, you know, I have scriptures that I constantly remind myself. Scriptures that, you know, if you can't remember them, should be on your fridge or somewhere like that. Or on a mirror or whatever. Because, and and you need to have go-to scriptures. Because when... All hell breaks out in your life. You need to have go-to scriptures. Not all oh, flip, you know, I'm, I'm weak, I'm, 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 I'm destroyed. No, I've got some go-to scriptures that encourage me and remind me who I am, who God is, what God's doing for me, what God will ultimately accomplish for me, who I am in Christ. We need those scriptures. Many scriptures that you might have. I haven't got time to, to look at all them. But confession dispels fear and builds faith. And I don't want you to live fearful of what might happen. You may have had some bad news this week uh, in all sorts of situations. God doesn't want you to live in fear because he will, he says to you, don't be afraid. I'm with you. And he says, you might be weak, but I will strengthen you. So receive that this morning. And when it comes to to building our faith, to believe God for more. We take steps of faith, but we need God's word that encourages us. There's no shortcuts in, in this. When I talk about confessing the word of God, we need, to, we need to get into the word of God consistently and read it day by day by day. And because you can't confess something you don't, you've never read, can you? You can't confess something you've never heard. We've got to get into the Word of God so that we have something to confess. Now, you know, you might have a fantastic memory and you can remember tons of the Bible. Most of us can't do that. But I tell you what, a few scriptures or knowing where to go to find those scriptures can make a massive difference in your life. Monday morning might be a massive challenge for you. You might have to face a real giant at work, not a, not a, 
you know what I mean. A, a situation, a real big situation, right? Not a little giant. Understand that? But whatever that might be, just you might have an appointment this week. Might be a Wednesday morning appointment that you're in fear of. God says, don't be afraid, I'm with you. God says, even though you feel weak, I'll strengthen you. So take this as your word. If you don't have the word, what are you going to do? You're going to go there in your own strength, aren't you? Don't, don't do that. And get other Christians around you to encourage you in that as well. That's, that, that's, it's just sensible, right? It just makes loads of sense that we get into confessing God's word. We're not confessing that we, you know, we, we, some kind of crazy stuff, right, that some people seem to get into. We're not doing that, but we are believing who God is, who we are in Christ. So confession dispels fear and builds faith. That's the confession of faith creates a new reality. There's no formation without repetition. Conf- confessing is a transforming practice. When we confess our sins, it, we are transformed because we are forgiven. When we, ongoing, when we confess what God's word, it's not about feelings. It's confessing who Jesus is and who we are in Christ. It makes such an incredible difference. Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.